Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Foxes and birds. That's the title of my message this morning. Come on, write it down. Foxes. And birds. I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 9. If you've got your Bibles, come on, open them to Luke chapter 9. I'm going to be reading from the Gospel accounts in our new series, Rabbi, the Teachings of Jesus. So if you missed last week, you need to catch up. So that's why we have a YouTube channel. It's not so we can say we have a YouTube channel and please subscribe and hit the notification bell. It's because for people who maybe have to miss church or want to watch the message again, we have a YouTube channel for you. And so if you miss the first uh, week of a series, catch up as quickly as you can. And um, I love hearing stories of people saying like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, how at the gym, I listen to the message all over again and it's great. But let's catch up because we're in a new series called Rabbi and I believe God is doing something in this series already. He's showing us things. He's opening up the Word of God. He's opening up um, you know, the gospel accounts of Jesus to us. So we're seeing some pretty awesome things and we're going to be reading Here in Luke 9, Jesus is going from town to town and he's teaching. And he's cruising with his his students or his would-be students. And we're going to pick it up here in verse 57. We're reading five verses and I want to challenge you today to see if you can trust God for these five verses to change your life. I encouraged our online church this morning. I said, hey, there's one verse in the Bible today that could change your life. Do you have that kind of expectancy? Do you have that kind of faith that there might be one verse in God's Word today that could completely change your life? Verse 57, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. This is someone speaking to Jesus. Um, in the, in the, the account in the Gospel of Matthew, it says a scribe. So there's people there. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, And birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Verse 61, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. A challenging scripture, a difficult, a hard scripture, a hard saying, a hard teaching to accept. We're going to look at it today. Come on, let's all pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you that it's holy, it's unmatched, it's perfect in every single way, God. And so, Father, we just submit our lives to it, to its authority, Lord. We come under the covering of your word today and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would minister to us, that you would show us things, that you would um, illuminate, Father, the Scriptures to us. Show us something from our Bibles today, we pray. In Jesus' name, and we all said? Amen. 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 Rabbi, my great teacher. I spoke last week about a rabbi in first century 
Judaism, first century Israel, Judea. Rabbis had a special place in the Jewish community. They were teachers. They were, they were experts at understanding and being able to interpret the Hebrew Bible, the Torah, and teach it to, to these students, sometimes prospective students that would come along. And these students would grow up in a system of education. And it wasn't like going to a class where you might go to a sports class or maybe learn how to cook or do something like that. It wasn't like that at all. It was fully involved, like you left everything that you knew to go and study and live and watch and be with the rabbi. And so that was the background last week. But the the cool thing about a rabbi and the Talmudim, the students, is they would go everywhere together. And so in each part of this series, I just wanted to share something kind of unique, kind of something cool about this relationship between a rabbi and a student, because really it mirrors us following Jesus. We are the students of Jesus. We are the disciples of Jesus now. So we're getting a kind of a cool sense of what that looks like. But what they would do is they'd go from town to town, from village to village. Wherever the rabbi would go, the students would go as well. And what's really cool about that relationship is they would have to walk. Okay, there was no uh, Uber back then. I hadn't developed the app yet. Come on. (laughs) But they'd go everywhere together and, you know, they didn't have moleskin notebooks and pens. And so what would happen is the rabbi would walk and sometimes the rabbi would walk with the leader of the community, like maybe a, someone that was, um, you know, from, from the, uh, the synagogue or some, sorry, from the temple or someone from the, uh, an esteemed person in the community. They would walk together with the rabbi. So that would be a, uh, uh, one layer of people. And then right behind them would be the students. And what's really cool is they would often walk super close, super, super close to them. And the reason they would do that is because the students and the disciples, they did not want to miss one word that came out of the rabbi's mouth. And often what they do is they stand so close that they would be able to hear everything that he said. And then later they would all sit together. All the students would sit together and they would talk about what the rabbi said and they'd clarify and they would make sure they got it right. And did he say this? No, he said it that way. And oh, this is the word that he used. And they would take notes down. They would note every single thing that the rabbi said, did, the way he looked, they would make note of. There was no recording devices. There was no YouTube channel. There was no podcast. There was no Bibles in print. The only place you would see anything in print was the scrolls in the synagogue, in the temple, in the, in the meeting place. There was no evidence except what the hearer heard. It was a powerful relationship. It was an important relationship and they would clarify with each other and they would distill perfectly what the rabbi said so they could understand fully the teaching and the interpretation of the Word of God. So in this teaching right here in Luke, Jesus responds to this statement, this declaration, where they say, I'll follow you. I'll follow you. Someone comes up to him and says, I will follow you, Jesus, wherever you go. And Jesus takes that moment, that period in time, that thing, that dangerous declaration, he uses it as a teaching moment. And he stops and he says, are you sure about that? Because this was a dangerous declaration. And he used it as a teaching moment. He stopped to teach something so important. I got a question for you. It's simply this. How teachable are you? Yeah. 
How teachable are you? How open are you to receive teaching from God in your life? Are you willing to be taught? Are you willing to be led and to be taught? Because I believe that Jesus is willing and ready to teach you at all times. And He will use circumstance. He will use struggle. He will use pain. He will even use the stupid things that come out of your mouth. He'll use the people in your life. That's why marriage is so important. It's because the person you're married to is usually the one that God uses to teach you so much. Both ways. Trust me, I know. I live with the Holy Spirit. Are you willing to be taught? Being teachable is a spirit that God uses. The opposite is pride, which God opposes. The spirit of a learner is a powerful spirit in the kingdom of God. It's a powerful, powerful spirit. Are you willing to be a learner? Because learning is the key to following Jesus. Having that spirit of being willing to be taught is so important. And what happens is when you catch that spirit, when you have that spirit, when you possess it, everything changes for you. I remember in my business career, there was a period of time where I was starting to get established into my first kind of main role as a stockbroker. And that's what I did. I loved it. I wanted to do it, but I knew nothing. But the problem was I didn't know that I didn't know nothing. I thought that I knew everything. And I was about, I think I was about maybe 23, 24 years of age. And I thought I knew everything. I thought I had it all together. I thought I had all the answers. I I thought that I knew how it all worked. And it was so funny in my life, I just felt like I kept hitting this wall. Kept hitting this wall like, man, I'm not getting better at this. I'm not seeing success. My book's not getting bigger. Things aren't working out for me. My, My peers, the people I'm working for, my boss doesn't think I'm doing a great job. And there was one incidence where everything changed for me. I had this big, big mistake on the trading desk. When you make mistakes on the trading desk, it costs people money, big money. And I saw it, I really ruffled my feathers and I was like, oh man, I can't believe this has happened. Why didn't someone say something? And my boss looked at me and said, you should have asked. He said, you could have asked. And I sat there with pride. I'm like, why didn't someone say something to me? Because I'm the one who's got it all together. He's like, no, you don't. You should have asked about it because someone would have told you what had happened. It's the spirit of a learner. And from that moment on, I determined that I'm gonna ask questions. I determined that I'm gonna learn. I'm determined that I'm gonna change this whole thing around. I'm gonna study. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna get under the teaching of the person that was in my life so I could learn something. And God used that person. They weren't even a believer. But He used that person to teach me, to help me understand that if you wanna develop, if you wanna progress, if you wanna go to the next level, you gotta have a teachable spirit. And as we learn from Jesus, we gotta have a teachable spirit. I'd love it if you could write this down. Learning from Jesus will change my life. It's a simple thought, but it's so true. Learning from Jesus, it will change your life. It will change everything in your life. So here Jesus is teaching the true cost of following Him. 
That's the whole point of the teaching. There's a cost to following Jesus. Anyone know there's a cost to following Jesus? Anyone experienced a cost to following Jesus? But this is the teaching with an illustration, with a, with a story of what following Him actually looks like. The rabbi is giving understanding, giving meaning to what it means to follow. Verse 58, and Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head. Okay, Jesus, what is this about? What is, is this about you not having a pillow? Is that, is that, is that the teaching? Do I, do I need to get you a pillow here? What's the situation? It's so much deeper than that. He's actually making a point here. He's saying this teaching is so important to would-be disciples. This teaching comes in the first of a series of interviews Jesus gives to would-be disciples. People, it's almost like Jesus is interviewing prospective disciples as they come along. This one just happens to be a scribe. And he sends a hard warning to anyone who would come follow him. It says, foxes have holes, Birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head. Okay, so why foxes and why birds? What's the significance? By the way, God loves your questions. I just wanna say that. If you're a person who's in here today and you're like, I don't understand all this, I've got questions, can I just encourage you? Take them to God, He loves questions. He loves when you inquire of Him, when you ask questions, when you seek to understand. So why does Jesus say foxes and why does He say birds. What's the application? Remember, there's always two conversations going on in Scripture. There's the natural conversation, which is usually more obvious to us. And then there's the spiritual conversation or the supernatural conversation that's happening as well. And here we see both. Here we see both happening. The natural answer is that even natural animals like foxes and birds have a home. That's what he's saying. They have Foxes have holes and birds, they have nests. But the Son of Man is displaced. He has nowhere to go. But Jesus is making a point not about his own plight. He's saying to a would-be disciple, hey, this is gonna cost you something. This is gonna cost you something because the world, they've secured their future. The world has secured their place, but not me. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So naturally speaking, that's one application but it's not just talking about literal foxes and literal birds. It's spiritual language. See, rabbis, they would use symbolism to teach spiritual truth. So foxes in the Bible. Now remember, it's got both. So the natural, more obvious meaning is the foxes actually have holes to go to. But let me show you a few verses in the Bible about foxes. Foxes actually represent something in our Bibles. Let me show you the first one, Ezekiel 13 and verse 4. It says, O Israel, your prophets have been like foxes among ruins. It's used as a symbol for deception. It's used as a symbol for the work of the enemy as being untrustworthy. See, foxes in the Bible, it represents the work of the enemy. It represents um, the, the stealing of foxes. Let me show you another one, uh, Psalm 63 and verse 10. They will be delivered over to the power of the sword. They will be prey for foxes. And Jesus in Luke 13 actually called Herod Antipas a fox. The enemy, he calls a fox. So it represents the work of the enemy. Then birds of the air. Let me show you a couple of verses about that. But again, this is biblical spiritual language. It's not talking about just actual birds that are flying around. 
It's talking about the work of the enemy. It's talking about his role and his to, to come and to, to wreak havoc in our lives. Um, Jesus talks about it in Mark 4. You might, you might recognise this. Verse 3, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. And that's speaking about a new believer who receives the Word. The enemy comes quickly. And this is why we're so big on giving people Bibles in our church. Because when you make a decision for Jesus, you need the Word of God to come in, to nourish you, to fill you, to help you, to water your new belief in Jesus. And what the enemy does with a new Christian, he comes so quickly with a seed of doubt or comes to try to steal the truth of what's just been deposited into someone's life. He tries to take it away. It's the birds of the air. It's the work of the enemy tries to come and tries to steal what's been placed there. That's why sometimes a new believer would be like, oh, do I have to come back to church? Yes, you do. Because it's important because the enemy is gonna try to get into your life, get into your head and tell you the decision you just made is not real because he comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. So the birds of the air represents the work of the enemy. I'll show you one Old Testament passage in Deuteronomy 28. It talks about blessings and obedience. And it says this about the birds of the air as well. Verse 25 of chapter 28, the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. This is if you don't obey the Lord. He's telling His people, you shall go out of the way. Again, you should, sorry, you shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. You shall be a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Look at this, verse 26. And your dead body shall be food for all the birds of the air and for the beasts of the earth. It's not talking about literal birds of the air. It's spiritual symbolism. The birds of the air represents the enemy. So that's the context. And Jesus is saying that the enemy, the people of this world, they have secured their place in the world. But I'm not from this world. He's saying, I'm not from this place. And if you wanna come follow me, it's gonna cost you something. It's gonna feel like you don't really belong here at times. So point number one, as Jesus says, Jesus has no such place. I've got nowhere to lay my head. Point number one, I want you to write this down. Following Jesus costs you everything. That's the message. Following Jesus, it's gonna cost you everything. He says to them, oh, you can come. You wanna come follow me? Yeah, you can come. But it's gonna cost you everything. It's gonna cost you everything. He says, you can come with me, but it's not gonna be easy. Following Jesus is not easy. Can I get an amen? But being a follower of Jesus is the best thing you can be. We're all called to follow. Everyone is welcome to follow Jesus but it's not always gonna be peaches and cream. It's not always gonna be Coke and Skittles following Jesus. It's not always gonna be easy and fun and feel good. See, that's the, the, the myth that the enemy is trying so hard to use, especially with young people right now in our world. It's trying to sell this narrative that following Jesus uh, should just be easy. If it's not easy, then, it's, then you, sh- you shouldn't bother about it. You shouldn't worry about it. Jesus is saying it's going to be easy. He's issuing a warning. There is going to be a struggle from time to time. Following Jesus means there will sometimes feel like there is lack. 
Sometimes there might be pain. Sometimes there might be uncertainty. But here's the good news. When you keep focused on Jesus, the great teacher, it's the most certain place you can focus your attention is Jesus. It costs you everything, but you're with the one who has paid everything always. We've all got the opportunity to follow something in life. Who do you follow? Who do you follow? You know, we talk a lot in church life about leadership. We talk a lot in church life about fellowship. But what about this? Fellowship. How's your fellowship going? How well do you follow? So we talk about leadership all the time. We talk about fellowship of the believers all the time. That's spending time in community with people alongside you. But how's your fellowship in life? The greatest leaders that I've been around are incredible followers. The greatest Christian leaders I've been around, they're unbelievably good at following. What am I talking about? They know how to follow. They know how to walk closely behind Jesus to be in the Bible every single day, to be in prayer every single day. I met this um, senior pastor of a church one time. He had a massive, he has a massive church, massive influential church. And the bit that blew me away the most about him was not his Instagram account, was not how big his church was, not, about, not how amazing the programs were or the, 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 the growth they've seen, all that sort of stuff. The thing that impressed me the most was he said every single 30 minutes, sorry, every 30 minutes, every day, he stops and he prays. And I was like, what? Every 30 minutes, I stop and I pray. Why? Because he's learned how to follow. He's learned how to walk closely. He stops and he prays because he wants to be close behind Jesus. He wants to follow Jesus. Let me ask you again, how's your fellowship? Who do you follow? Maybe today you need to go home and think about who you can unfollow. Unfollow some things, some people, some attachments you might have. Maybe it's time to do a spiritual cleanse and unfollow some of the things you know the Holy Spirit is telling you repeatedly. You don't need to follow that person. You don't need to follow that thing. You don't need to be attached to that thing. You don't need to be dragged through the mud. Sometimes we allow ourselves to be dragged through the mud when all we need to do is just follow Jesus. But make no mistake today, Jesus is saying, it's gonna cost you everything. You know, we're all called to follow and we can all follow closely. And here's what I've learned. I just turned 38 yesterday and I worked out this morning. I worked out this morning that I got saved at 19. I've been following Jesus for 19 years. So I'm eclipsing those pagan years from now on. But here's what I've learned. And I was reflecting this morning is this. The closer you walk, the more you'll have. The closer you walk to Jesus, the closer you study and get under the teaching of Jesus, the more you realise that you have. But the the further away you get, you notice this? The further away you get, the more you're left feeling like, man, I feel some lack. 
I feel like I don't have as much. I don't feel like I'm doing as good. I don't feel like I have the blessing of God. I don't feel like, and that's a great place for the enemy to come in. That's a great place for the enemy to enter your life and your mind and your spirit and start to sow seeds of doubt. We've got to be close followers of Jesus. So number one, following Jesus, it'll cost you everything. But number two, you're gonna love this. You'll soon realise it doesn't matter because you had nothing to lose anyway. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And when we look at this text, what's interesting to me is Jesus turns to someone in verse 59. I wanna show this to you. Verse 58, it says, And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In verse 59, to another he said, Follow me. But then he responds and says, He's got to bury his father and he's got to take care of some things. And why did Jesus turn so quickly and say that to him? I personally believe that as he called out the evil, the foxes and the birds, and he called out the religious, the pious. He made a comparative statement or a comparative call. See, no one knows how, e how evil the evil spirits are than Jesus. Jesus saw Satan fall. Like he's seen it all, he knows it all, he understands it all. So he's made the statement, he said, foxes have holes, birds have, he says, come follow me. Knowing full well, he's like, don't do it. Don't let the world have its grip on you. Don't let the enemy pull you away from me. Come follow me. I believe he's making a comparative statement. He's calling, he's being desperate in this moment to the people in his world. He's saying, don't do it. Don't allow the, the evil spirits, don't allow the enemy to get you. Don't let, don't let the system of religion hold you down or keep you away from me. He says, come follow me. Because this is what happens as we follow and as we walk with Jesus, the truth is He always knows what's best for us. And He's saying to those with Him, He's saying, don't do it. Be with me, follow me. It's not gonna be easy, but, I, but trust me, it's the best thing for you. Jesus always knows what's best for you. And you'll soon realise that all the piety and all the loftiness, it all means nothing anyway. It's all lifeless without the life of Jesus. Remember the old hymn? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. See, Jesus knew. That's why He's saying, He's like saying, yeah, the loftiness of religion, the birds of the air that fly around and look down on you. I believe personally He was talking about the Romans at the time, the oppressors that would look down on the Jewish people. He knew all that. And then the foxes and the holes, the enemy, the way he works with the craftiness, he comes and he steals things from you. Jesus knew it all and he says, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. Come follow me. Yeah, you won't maybe have a place to sleep tonight. It might always be easy, but it absolutely is the best. I pray if you haven't got a revelation of Jesus Christ online, if you haven't got a revelation of Jesus Christ yet, can I encourage you? There's plenty of things to understand and to follow in this world, but there is nothing better than following Jesus. There is no one better than Jesus to follow in this world. Follow Jesus because it's worth it. 
and because all your worth is in him anyway. I believe that the the 12 understood this, or 11 of them at least. That's why in John 6 and verse 68, one of my favourite verses in the Gospel of John says this. It's Peter's response to him. He turns around, he says, what about you guys? What are you gonna do? You're gonna leave me as well? This is what Peter says, look at it. I wanna read it from the Amplified. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. You are our only hope. See, when you follow Jesus, you kind of quickly turn around after a few seasons of life and realise you had nothing anyway. The old life, the old way, the old systems, the old way of thinking, the way way you used to live, the things you used to like. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit comes in, begins to regenerate your life and give you as a man and as a woman new desires. This is what happens when you follow Jesus. You realise, man, this cost me everything, but I realise I never had anything. So Jesus, I just need you. You preach the truth and shame the devil today to a generation that needs to hear it. Jesus is all that you will ever need for now and eternity forever. Team, you can come up. I need to get off this stage. I believe the disciples, they realised that they could go back to fishing. They could go back to the grind. They could go back to a system of trying to get to, from one level to the next level. But I realize, they realised they got a revelation of who Jesus was. They got a revelation of who He was and the words of eternal life, the words of eternal hope, the words of mercy, the words of grace, the words of heaven. They were standing right in front of them. And I pray today that as we understand the cost, as we accept, as we re-accept, in some respects, the cost of following Jesus, we'll realise today that it's not even about the cost. Because when your focus is on Jesus, the cost just fades away. When your focus is on the goodness of God, you realise it didn't really cost that much anyway, because this is so much better for me. I love one of the the best quotes I've ever heard that came from Billy Graham, the Reverend Billy Graham. He said this, he said, trust God with your life because He'll do a better job with it anyway. Would you stand with me? You had nothing to lose. I wanna pray today for people maybe that are maybe for the very first time kind of hearing and understanding this cost. And maybe you're in here today and you're like, yeah, I I, I wanna follow Jesus, but I don't wanna give it all up. I wanna pray for you because that's real. I've walked through it. A lot of us have walked through it. But the truth is when you said yes to Jesus, the old was gone. The old was buried in a moment. He was gone. And you're a new life, you're a new creation. And I believe as you step forward into the future that God has for you, the Holy Spirit will give you the power, will give you the the grit, the unction to function, to be able to step forward into everything He has for you. So I wanna pray for you, but also wanna pray for people that maybe, it's been a while since you've heard a message like this. 
the true discipleship, it costs you everything. So maybe there are some things that you're taking inventory of right now and realising, man, I, I gotta let that stuff go. That stuff that maybe is becoming an idol in my life, I need to get rid of it because it's obscuring, it's obstructing my view of Jesus. I wanna pray for you as well. And they're the two things that the Lord gave me coming into this message. But would you bow your heads, close your eyes. But if that's speaking to you, if this message is speaking to you in, in those ways or any other way, I just want you to raise your hand. I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray over you. I wanna believe with you that the Holy Spirit's gonna come in. It's gonna strengthen you. It's gonna grace you for all that's ahead. God, we thank you right now for this incredible teaching about the true cost of what it looks like to serve King Jesus, but to follow Jesus, our great teacher. And God, I just pray right now when it comes to the cost that we would understand as we focus our attention on Jesus, the cost, it just fades, it just fades away, Lord. Father, I pray through the power of Your Spirit, You would grace people with the strength and the ability to just let the old go, the old ways of thinking, the old systems of doing things, the old desires and pursuits, God, that mean anything, mean nothing anyway. God, I pray that You would give us the strength to walk in Your direction and away from the old. And God, I pray right now for people that are coming back to this, that are coming back to this cost and maybe it's been a while and maybe distractions come in and some of those distractions have now become idols. God, I pray that You would, through the power of Your Spirit, break those idols right now. So there'd be a clear vision of Jesus, a clear understanding of His goodness and His grace in Jesus' Name. Why don't we take a moment, let's sing. Let's... Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.